Hey, what's going on? It's Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Today is the 14th. Oh, come on, penis weenus. I gotta fucking go, man. Come on. This guy. Smoking his goddamn cigarettes. Alright, so um, it's the 14th. 14th of friggin' April 2021. Today was an interesting day. We had hit the train here. So, uh, first off, it's a little overcast, so the sun coming in, coming out all day, although it's 60 degrees, so that's beautiful. There's Peter reading his freaking cell phone while he's walking down the street, down the sidewalk, he's going to bust his ass. I hope he doesn't, but it's possible, you know, or he could run over by this train that is coming in. <clears throat> So today is a pretty good day. It's been a long day. It's Wednesday. Office has been busy. It was a little overcast, so we had some cancellations. We had some additions, though, too. Very, very busy schedule. Doing my best to serve people. Had some highlights of the day. Some funny stories told. Some, uh, let's see what went on. Tell what kind of stories we got going on. Oh, this is a good one. I should mention this. So, never me bitching and moaning about the, uh, remember when I was griping, bitching and moaning, belly aching about my exhaust issue. So, I gave it to the shop around the corner from my office, Randazzo's Automotive. They're good folks. Friends patients, good folks, so, um, and they're real, literally a stone's throw from my office, so I get my oil changed there, I have another uh, auto garage that I trust to do work periodically, and kind of share between these two, I got a, a guy or a gal for everything, and I try to lean on these folks to uh, rely on them to keep my 5.7 liter Ram on the road, it's got a freaking hemispheric engine, Black Betty. Oh, Black Betty, bang a lang. Oh, Black Betty, bang a lang. Well, that's no lie. Bang a Oh, Black Betty. <clears throat> Rita's is open. That's good. People go and get their little Italian ice. Or their shaved ice, or whatever the fuck they want to call it. Um, so I got the muffler fixed. I went in there and said, all right. You got room for me? Okay, a couple days we can get room. We'll put you in there. So they put they put the sucker up on the lift. Apparently the manifold bolts had snapped off in a couple places. So manifold or not the manifold the um, well maybe exhaust the exhaust manifold, otherwise known as the headers. I think that's an interchangeable term. So the deal is that right where the engine, you got the pistons firing in the cylinders inside the engine V8. Um, you got fucking, the exhaust comes out, 
got to get we got a chemical reaction in there we got combustion internal combustion engine going on the fumes uh, exhaust fumes they got to come out of the engine right or the whole freaking thing will blow up so what are we going to do we're going to uh, bolt on a uh, a bunch of pipes coming out of each of the eight cylinders and so eight of these pipes individual pipes are going to come off the side of the engine and then it basically turns into one big pipe which is the exhaust and I got dual exhaust not one but two exhaust pipes coming out the back so that's basically what goes on what's part of the internal combustion process we got various impurities we have byproducts of internal combustion um, CO2 water are two of the biggies right so <clears throat> it was broken off there you don't fucking care why am I even telling you this shit so I had an exhaust fucking pipe problem they got it they said it's gonna take a couple days so so you got a loaner they don't have a loaner they should for this contingency they got a job it's gonna take a couple days it's more work for them or labor per hour, get my shit done, give me a loaner so that I can continue to live my life. I don't have my have to have my wife pick me up from the office or ride a goddamn bike to and from. So I say, well Joe, who's the patriarch of this joint, this automobile garage. Joe Randazzo, or Randaz, sometimes we call him. Look at this fucking dope. What are you doing pulling into Popeye's, pull onto the curb like a fucking idiot? So Joe Randaz says, he, he drives around this little smart car. It's a fucking shoebox of a car. I see his little old ass driving around this thing. Smallest car I've ever seen. He let me borrow it for two days. So here I am cruising around this thing. I look like damn great babe hitting the road on this baby. It was enjoyable. Uh, I'll never forget it. I'm glad it's over, though, because, you know, it's obviously unsafe. But there's plenty of room in there uh, for one person. They had a little cockpit. Put the... Um, pull the friggin' seat all the way into the back of the thing. And I was just cruising around. Today, I was... Uh, you know how I get on these roads sometimes. It's an imposition when I got damn dump trucks and old folks and everybody else taking their sweet ass time. Oh, good, the train again. Um, holding me up as I'm trying to get back to work. What happens? I pass that dump truck. High rate of speed, my friend. High rate of speed. It was great felt powerful, and the dump truck driver's probably like, I'd like to fucking run you right over, man, do that again, it'd be a shame if you crashed, and I just flattened you like a pancake, my big dump truck, loaded up with sand and stone, from the quarries, but they never, you know, fast as fast as fast can be, they never catch me, I hold ass, tell me I don't have a fucking, tell me, there we go, I got it. All right, looking for my mask. So, it was pretty cool. 
Monday night, I took this little smart car home, cruising around. It's very interesting. I actually would consider getting a smaller vehicle. I, I love this Ram. It's power. It's comfort. Good suspension, all that stuff. A fellow goes riding a go-kart in that damn smart car. But I like the miles to gallon. I like just a little fun car to cruise around in, zip around. It's like a little commuter, so I might I might get something like that. Plus, I'm thinking, like, I get a little car, maybe it'd be something that I could give to the kids when the time came, or an investment, maybe something I could sell. Maybe I get a, a Jeep Wrangler, and I an older one, and I do some work on it, fix it up, and all that shit, or just beat it up, ride it around. Back and forth to the office, you know? <clears throat> so we'll see. So that was fun. I had it for two days. Uh, parking was much easier. The commuting was fun. There's a little bit of change, but I appreciate you, Black Betty. I'm thankful for you. I'm glad I got your rumble back. I will say that I was bullied a little bit in my smart car. So <clears throat> maybe it was just me, my sensitivity to this, but to larger vehicles, but. You know, a big truck comes up behind you, like a pickup truck, a little penis car, a little penis truck. You see the big lights, fucking crazy lights hanging off the top of the thing. And here they come, ride, riding your ass, because you're a little tiny car, trying to bully me, trying to push me around. You know, nudge me a little bit, rev up, get close to my, my bumper, and then they back off a little bit. I mean, not too close, but seemed because I was so small and they were so big that uh, I was being trying to intimidate me. I don't appreciate that. So, fuck them. I won't be bullied. I bet you they pull up next to me and friggin' with their little whatever, pickup truck and shit. <clears throat> and you see my friggin' sizable anus step out of that car. Maybe the joke will be on them. It's all fun and games till you get beat up in the middle of the street by a guy driving a little clown car. So there's that. All right, I'm going to stop at the store here. I'm going to get a... I found a new India Pale Ale. Uh, those of you, my listeners might appreciate that. A while back, I, um, I was drinking too much, so I had to throttle back on that. But I do appreciate now, um, you know, a nightly... A nightly pale ale, so there's a. I just keep it clean with that. I don't freaking drink entire bottles of wine or anything like that anymore. I think I was going through a bout of depression when I was in my days of uh, large jug of wine consumption. I did that for many years. Just I don't know, finding a, a painless spot at the end of a long day. Lots of people do it doesn't make me unique, but I won't fall into that trap again. If I do, I want you to smack my face. Flatten me with a friggin' dump truck, I don't care. Kick me in the nutsack. Call me names, tell him me I told you so. But what I'm just going to do is I get this, uh, I'm looking forward to this IPA. <clears throat> it is from my home of record and where the Dr. Drill story began, actually. It's called Ship Bottom. IPA, Ship Bottom Brewing Company, and that is on Long Beach Island, which is um, 
right around where I grew up. So I told you some stories about that. LBI, Surf City, Surf City 5 and 10. When I was 14, I got caught shoplifting and had to do community service at a um, the Popcorn Zoo, Bamber Lake, New Jersey, or Dover, New Jersey. At a rake hyena shit and lion turds and pick up roadkill that was stacked behind a dumpster. All these poor animals. You feed them popcorn. You know what I mean? They come over, you buy your entrance fees, get a bag of popcorn, you feed those animals. And they uh, they enjoy it. And they'll be your friends. You know, circus rejects and near roadkill animals and stuff like that. So, anyway, that, t- that ch- turned me right around. And uh, the popcorn zoo did. And I found the error of my ways. That all started in Surf City 5 and 10. So then I joined the Marine Corps. We actually went to the Marine Corps recruiting station in Matahawka, New Jersey. I think it's still there today. That's where my story started. And I shipped off after high school to uh, Paris Island, South Carolina. Birthplace of fucking Marines. Eastern Recruiting fucking Recruit Training Depot. And that's, the rest is history, you know? Well, there's a lot more to the story. Maybe someday I'll write a book inspired by all this stuff, trying to make it interesting. A lot of people might think their lives are interesting. I don't know that they are, you know? I don't know that mine is. But I'm going to tell you anyway, because it's what this whole thing has become about. So, uh, <clears throat> that's what happened this week. Yeah, for, I'm going to stop right now. I'm going to head in. I'm going to get some... Uh, four-pack of um, ship bottom IPA. Stand by. (laughs) Okay, I'm back. I got my four-pack of ship bottom Swell Dorado double IPA. It's very, very tasty. What I enjoy, now I, I can make fun of, IPAs are really big now, okay? So beer, I have brewed beer. I've enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm a very culinary individual, very artistic fellow. I love taste. I love the friggin' five senses. Ha-ha. I'm going to do a little segue right there after I complete this this thought. Um, Breweries went, home brewing went from friggin' a handful of people doing it. I don't know how many thousand there were in the United States. Um, 20 years ago, but it's exploded. So now everybody's doing it. And in every town, uh, dotting the landscape, you're going to have homebrew establishments and not homebrew establishments. There's uh, microbrews. Right? So these little breweries, and they've got um, food and, and you know, pairing of food and beer and all that shit. It's great. So I like IPAs. They've got a lot of hop. India Pale Ale is what they're called. Pale Ale's got a lot of hops. And it makes them kind of taste bitter, uh, a bitterish, like a, not a sour, but like a has a nice bite to it. And I like that. I like when a, a beverage got a nice bite to it. it. Gives you a mild buzz. Have one or two of those babies, and you know it's just the end of a day, right? Or a nice meal, something nice with dinner. That's it, as far as I go these days. 
Why? Because it's fucking painful to go any further. It just doesn't pay. Just doesn't pay dividends to be a substance abuser, especially when you get in your forties, fifties. Those days of of pulling, um, you know, hitting the bars or doing whatever, you know, going out there and pounding beers. You pay for it. You freaking stomach and digestive systems wrecks that, it gives you a headache, it dehydrates you and depresses you, it needs to you need to perform um, and so I <clears throat> even though even when I did drink daily um, I was always very high functioning and um, anyway I was, I come from a long line of high functioning Alcoholics, <laughs> but I'm not anymore. You know, people say, "Well, you know, once you're an addict, you're always an addict." Listen, I freaking I drank a bottle of wine a day um, for years. Went up through grad school, <clears throat> stressed the fuck out all the time. I I, ra- I rationalized it by. My, my drinking, and I was drinking and driving, I wasn't freaking ending relationships, or hurting anybody, I was hurting myself after a while, <clears throat> but just like anything, I feel like it's, it's like too much of anything, you ever go overboard with things, you ever eat too much, you ever stress too much, you ever exercise too much, you ever study too much, you ever, um, sleep too much, you can overdo fucking anything, when it comes to substances, it's just easier to do it, and they're addictive substances, you, you want more, and then you get to the point where one beer with dinner doesn't do it, right, if you keep on, you know, drinking more like that, you're, it begets more, you need to continue to fill that to get the same effect, so you gotta be careful of that, and I'm certainly not venturing anywhere near that type of behavior right now. If I do enjoy a nice IPA, so I'm going to do it. And you don't enjoy it, you don't think that's appropriate. It's fucking America, my friend. I want you to go fuck yourself. <clears throat> Not be so judgy. So, uh, let me talk to you about the five senses there. Remember I always rambling on about three S's and two T's, sight, sound, smell, taste, touch. My good friend pointed out the other day in a cool article about how there are other um, sources of, of sensation. Uh, we call it, and scientifically, neurologically, it's called afferentation. Afferent. Afferent is incoming and efferent is outgoing. So like an afferent impulse would be you're collecting information by your sense of touch. You're feeling the world. What, you know, pain and temperature. What temperature is it? What is this object? What is the texture of it? Is it hard or soft or whatever? So our sensation of touch, we've got countless um, little sensors embedded in our epidermis, our fingertips and our feet and uh, other, our face, our lips, uh, especially high concentrations of these little sensors that detect touch. And they collect all information, send it through nerves that head up to the, through the spinal cord into the brain and the brain then acts on it, often subconsciously, based upon that stimuli. Then we got hearing, and we've got uh, 
vision and we've got smell we've got taste but there are other even even more senses just those five things though three s's and two t's that's almost that's tremendous amount of affrontation tremendous amount of input gathering of stimuli and processing it in the brain but we also um you have other sensations so proprioception is feedback that's occurring these are otherwise known as mechanoreceptors so whenever we you know uh, I, I, I grab something or I step on something or I um, you know, rise up on my toes or I squat down our joints and all the, uh, the bones tendons ligaments especially around the joints of the of the body the locomotor system <clears throat> those every time we make a movement there is input that is gathered little sensors fire off gathering that input about position position of those bones relative one another and where is my body in space uh, these are highly active in our daily activities but especially like in sports you know baseball pitcher throwing a ball you know uh, uh, basketball player dunking you know they're awareness of different things so that was pretty interesting to have talked to my friend about that so proprioception um, vestibular system is another one where in our inner ear we not we don't only just hear things we also are always going to keep our um, our eyes even with the horizon right so when we Stand up, sit down, turn our head one way or the other way. There are these little hairs, and it's called stereocilia. They're in our inner ear, and they're in a fluid environment. It's called endolymph. And when the, you turn your head one way or side bend your head, the little hairs fluctuate, and they're connected to nerves that say, "Hey, this is where Aaron's head is now," or "He just went on a roller coaster and." The information coming in is crazy about position. Wow, I can't, he's upside down, he's right side up, he's sideways. So that's part of why we get such a charge about doing things like roller coasters, bungee jumping, riding fast in cars, and otherwise moving quick and changing directions because it sends crazy information to our brain. The brain's like, oh, I can't process it. Oh my gosh, the room is spinning. <clears throat> and then we have a pathologic condition about that. It's called vertigo. Not fun. Okay? So there's that. Kind of what I felt like driving around in that uh, smart car for two days. Happy to be in Black Betty again. I appreciate you, Black Betty. Appreciate you. Um, <clears throat> let's see what we got got a story I want to end with. Shit, it's all, not even 8 o'clock. How the fuck am I even out of the office this early? I'll take advantage of the time to finish this podcast. I spoke to a few people today. Uh, everybody's telling me about how they got their vaccination. You know, Since they opened them up to everybody, to all adults, you know, a lot of people are getting vaccinated, so that's a great thing. Going to protect us. You know, You're still hearing you know, I had, a, I had a good friend today, whom I love, I love dearly, uh, but he said something about, hey, this is why people don't want you, they give you shit for wearing, not wearing masks, it's because 
um, it was a meme. It's, it's not because they're fearful that you're going to give them a, you know, coronavirus, pass some disease to them, or you're being unsafe. It's that you're being defiant. You're not being compliant with, um, with the law, with the mandates, with the recommendations of the experts. Uh, it's very interesting to me because a lot of times... Uh, these individuals who are um, they feel the need to be so defiant and to second guess the experts Uh, they're they're coming from environments where like a lot of the former military guys and and, and there's a lot of former military types who, who love service and the military and guns and all that shit um, these are the same, a, a large proportion of the people who uh, stormed the Capitol, you know, they, they fancied themselves like that. The Oath Keepers and all these other uh, groups that are uh, the Proud Boys are like, oh, we're, you know, we're upholding the Constitution and this isn't a, all right, you know, it's, it's just lies, man. Yeah, I don't know how many people need to say it on their side of the, on the, on the, the on the, the Republican side of the political spectrum, you know, you got the frickin' the, uh, national attorney, William Barr, said there's not enough information to suggest that there was any foul play or not enough foul play involved in the 2020 election to, um, you know, to suggest that there was any wrongdoing of substance, you know? And you got freaking the vice president said there's nothing going on. You know, I, I'm going to you know, approve all this. I'm going to accept these readings and I'm going to, you know, accept the state's uh, voting um, officials, election officials who said that these are the numbers. You know, they're not they're not all Democratic states. You know, they're Republican states. They're swing states. They're, the, the numbers came in. They didn't fall in your favor, my friends. So you lost. And it's okay to lose sometimes. You're not going to win everything. You don't win just because you want to win or that you're afraid that, you know, that the politics and and law and and all that um, policy is not going to go your way. You know, that whoever gets in office is going to do things that you think are whatever. It's it's just... it's not the way, it doesn't, you don't win just because you want to win or you hate the other guy. You know, I feel like there are a lot of people out there right now, uh, most of them are on the right side of the aisle, but fuck anybody on the left side of the aisle who's an extremist or, you know, would go to great lengths to um, to win just, just to win, just because they think their politics are better or that they, you know, they cheat to win. Fuck anybody who do that. I mean, if there's any evidence of that, then uh, I'd love to hear it. I'd love to see it. You know, people like John Boehner or Boner, whatever the fuck his name is, just wrote a book. Maybe I'll rent it. You know, maybe I'll get it on Audible. He's saying that Trump betrayed the voters who put their trust in him because he held on to these di- these uh, talking points and these beliefs early on. He was asserting that you know he thinks the election is going to be stolen from him. That means that you feel like you might lose. 
and you're concerned about it and you're not prepared to accept that that result well what happens you know that's fine for you because you're a selfish fucking bastard Donald Trump and all of the zealots on that side of the political spectrum same thing you know if that's how you feel and you're an extremist and you're willing to win you want to win at any cost even if it means thumbing your nose and, and um, disobeying the and, and not facing the reality that the numbers were decidedly not in your favor it wasn't even close you know then you got to live with that but I mean what about the American voter who then you're going to expect to comply with all matter of law the little guy, the poor slobs of the world, when they decide that, you know what, I'm just not going to pay taxes, or I'm just not going to obey the law. Fuck it, this is America, I can do whatever I want. I'm just going to lie, cheat, and steal, and, you know, cheat on my wife, and, you know, murder people, and do all that stuff. Why should the rest of us comply, and, and what kind of um, decorum should we operate with? And these are the people at the highest levels of our society that are so fucked up, and just clueless as to any sort of moral fiber. So, um, you know, anyway, people are talking about vaccines. There are uh, a lot of folks that I know are in disbelief that there are some who are, um, who are still not getting the vaccines and that is their choice. And it is early on in, in terms of, uh, you know, safety of these vaccines. There's been some of some people with side effects and almost everyone I know has had mild side effects. But there's gonna be some statistic some statistically some people are going to have more than mild side effects. And it's a clotting issue with uh, the Johnson and Johnson one that they're they're taking it off. They're pausing it right now because there have been some events and they're going to investigate it. Is it a possibility that you could get sick or have a reaction, die, become ill, be, you know, have be injured? Yeah. There's also a possibility that you could contract the coronavirus and you could die, get very sick, you know, uh, pass it on to other people, have long COVID. Get a third of people out there are going to are going to have, uh, per the science, third of people are going to have psychological sequela so they're going to get sick in their mind you know, I know one person um, in, uh, personally I, I know of uh, someone who I'm connected to who had coronavirus months and months ago and whose uh, grandmother passed away from coronavirus in a local um, you know, assisted living and this particular person's in the 40s, 30s, 40s, and has had issues, cognitive issues, and uh, ongoing. So you can have long COVID. You hear about that? People sick, they can't breathe well, they have uh, clotting issues, they have uh, mental issues. So there's a real risk. The risk in getting the critter, passing it on, getting sick yourself is far greater than any kind of uh, side effect from the vaccine. Very, very minuscule risk from the vaccine. The science that I have read and understand. Okay? So I got the vaccine. 
most everybody that comes in the office is saying that they got it or they're getting it or they're halfway vaccinated. That's a great thing, you know? Um, you know, some people are scared. Some people are, um, are given to conspiracy theories where they, you know, they just, they don't know what to believe. And some people might have a genuine risk where um, they might be immune compromised or have an allergy to this or that and the other thing, and they they, they don't want to chance it. So they can play the odds with COVID. And if it feels like, you know, like the last couple weeks, I've had a bunch of people call and say, hey, you know, uh, I got exposed and, you know, uh, I'm not going to come in. I appreciate that. (laughs) Or I got it. I got sick. And, you know... um, I'm cancel my appointment. You know, so I get tested positive. All right, well, handle your business. Feel better. See you in a couple weeks. You know, just trying to do the right things. Trying to operate above board, right? So there's that. Vaccines, um, science, politics. Um, there's some crazy shit going on right now. I'll, I'll touch base on this. This is um, you got this stuff going on with police, shootings, minorities, you know, it, I'm sorry, and I, and I try not to read the news a lot, but, you know, once a day, once or twice a day, I catch up on the, see what's circulating, and invariably, it's fucking scary stuff, right? Again, hijacking our limbic systems, um, trying to excite us so that we will tune in, and continue to tune in, it's, it's really a sad state of affairs, so I try not to be party to that, but I like to be informed as well. So, you know, it's bad enough we got the George Floyd trial going on right now, where there was a guy who was in Minneapolis, and he, you know, if you haven't heard, dude in Minneapolis, in a store, bummed about a counterfeit $20 bill, guy was also, had some narcotics on him, uh, wasn't a friggin' choir boy, but he was, uh, arrested by police, they detained him, they, he wound up on the ground, and for nine minutes a guy had his shin on the man's neck, while his friggin', uh, hands were handcuffed, he's on his belly, and he, somebody's got him in a chokehold, you know, somebody's choking him out by leaning his body weight into his tibia, into the guy's neck, so he's conducting a blood choke and an air choke, what's the difference, okay, an air choke is just an airway, all right, Uh, closing the airway, putting pressure on the trachea, collapsing that piece of cartilage that your air is going to allow you to breathe in, all right, shut the airway, Blood choke is when you're attacking the vasculature, the arteries that come from the heart and go through the neck and feed the brain. If you do that long enough, patient will pass out. If you continue to hold the blood choke off, blood, the brain will be starved of blood and you'll kill that person. It seems like they killed a the guy. You know, this guy was on him for nine minutes due to his handcuffs handcuffed on the ground they had him for nine minutes 
this guy, this cop. Clearly excessive and like almost everybody, every cop or specialist or expert that um, was called to the stand, on the stand, granted for the prosecution, says that, you know, the, it was excessive, fucking way excessive. Nine minutes, killed the guy, you know? A couple cops get up there and said, well, you know, they're, you know, they're supposed to... No, you don't fucking do that. There's no reason to do that. So, there's that. Then, in the same city, and I'm sure that there are parts of Minneapolis that are are not great. Uh, Just like there are parts of Philly and every town that aren't great. But, in the same city, Minneapolis, I believe, there's a guy gets pulled over for some, you know, they determine the guy's got a warrant out for his arrest. They pull him over. A cop, female cop, though that's irrelevant, I guess. She tells him she's going to tase him. Instead of pulling the taser out, she pulls out her piece, her Glock, and shoots the guy. He drives a block or two and then crashes and he's dead. His girlfriend's in the car. Again, I don't know what this guy, okay, so he had a problem with the law. Um, I don't know. They didn't mention any weapon or anything like that or any other circ- mitigating circumstances. Yes, we want criminals off the streets. But if your intent is to tase somebody, you should you should just fucking tase them. You know? If, if you look at these... I'm no, no expert in this shit. You got a Glock that's got a certain weight and a certain size and a certain feel... And you got a taser. Taser and a Glock are two different things. Now, the reality, I think, they said that this this cop was on the force 27 years. And is on body camera saying, oh my God, I shot the guy. After she said, tase, tase, tase. She goes, pow, and shoots him. Kills him. So, strange things happen out there, man. It's, they said this is rare, but it has occurred. I've talked in the past about firearms and safety and um, these some of these incidents that do occur. And it is my belief that, uh, and from my readings, I understand there's a, a book on combat. It's called On Combat. Guys like a colonel, uh, you know, expert in this sort of shit basically points out the anatomy and physiology of it, which is that if you're scared enough, if you got fight or flight going on, if your nerves are on edge, if you're, um, your nerves are firing, you're stressed the fuck out, your stress hormones like cortisol and epinephrine are making your heart max out, you can't think properly. And so you can't think well enough to pull out the right tool for the job. You can't distinguish necessarily. Sometimes you're not going to be able to distinguish between your sidearm and a taser. Now, I'm no cop. I'm no specialist in this sort of shit. But you fucked up. And she's on she's going to be manslaughter 
charge of manslaughter. She's going to do time. Irregardless of whether or not this guy, he was trying to get in his car and flee the scene or whatever like that. Just tase the fucking guy, you know, or let him go and catch him down the road. I understand. I, I, I wasn't there. I don't know what's going on, but, you know, the fucking down the street in Minneapolis, the fucking trial is going on. This ridiculous trial about this cop who kneeled on a guy's neck for nine minutes. And we're trying to determine with our, you know, um, formidable legal system in America that is supposedly so just whether or not this guy should be convicted of murder or a high enough crime to put him behind jail, behind the jail. You got to think about if somebody else did this shit, would it be murder? I understand there's extenuating circumstances, officer of the law, the guy was maybe on drugs, the guy, you know, he's an addict, he's had his issues, maybe he tried to pass a counterfeit bill, committed a crime. I don't need to think you need to choke him the fuck out until he dies. So that guy should go to fucking jail. Then down the road, you got this woman pulling out, a cop pulling out a fucking uh, Glock instead of her taser saying tase, 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 and shooting this guy, killing him. Just fucking stupid, man. There's obviously something amiss. There's something going on. It's not that cops are bad people. They're wonderful people. I know a bunch of them. I love them. I think they're great people. Um, But it's just too easy. It's too easy to, to kill somebody. You know, we, are, we live in a country where there are more guns than there are people. Guns ain't going away. I own guns. I love them. I love marksmanship. I love my military service. I love the notion that I can protect myself and my family. I think that it's, that can be overblown sometimes. I think that, you know, that, that literally shooting holes. I watched a, a segment the other day. I was talking about, you know, shooting holes, pun intended, in the theory that uh, all you need is for a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Fucking like 1% of the time. 3% of the time. Something really low. Under 10% of the time. Is that the right solution? Does that go well? Result in less lives lost. Now you can say you got a right to protect yourself and fasten, you know, you know, uh, fancy yourself Dirty Harry or whatever. But it just, a lot of people are just fearful. I know people like this, and I love them. They buy guns, especially when things get crazy and ammo, and it's like, oh, i got to protect myself. What the hell are you so scared of? You're a grown man, muscle-bound, gritty, in good shape. The hell you need to freaking mass you know, weapons for? I hope that there's no reason for that. I hope there's not. And I wouldn't want to live, just my, me personally, I wouldn't want to live in a world where I felt like I needed to... Uh, accumulate all these firearms. I don't have the time to shoot them. I honestly don't have a time the time to be proficient enough with a handgun. Like I went a, a couple years ago. I went not too. You know, I went months ago, and I I don't feel like I am practiced enough with a handgun, or I could devote the time to it, or it's that much of a priority to me to be an expert with that tool. And I think under stress, 
I don't know anybody really who is who I could say. Well, I mean, I I know a few people, but they're like career military personnel, and I'm not so sure that they are going to hit the fucking mark every time if it came if push came to shove. It's not. I'm not that person that wants to live their life paranoid or scared of everything. I think there's a lot of fear and paranoia in the world right now. And I think that it's a dangerous world, but cops, they need to have a better, they need to have, I mean, I I haven't been, thankfully, in a situation like that where I've got to, you know, deal with people who, you know, I, I feel bad for cops who go out there and put their lives on the line every day. They do a lot of good. They can't afford to be picking up, you know, to not be able to, after 27 years, select the wrong tool for the job and shoot somebody that you intend to incapacitate with a taser. Just give them tasers, man. Just give them fucking tasers. Take the firearms away or um, give them less firepower. You know, don't militarize uh, law enforcement to protect and serve. I want to see more service and more protection. I know that it happens. I know that cops are good guys, the vast majority. But, come on, man. Why does this shit happen? And why do my, when this, when this does happen, people, you know, black people, or how about this other thing? How about this other news segment? You got a, a guy who's a lieutenant in the air, uh, in the army, <coughs> or the air force, He gets pulled over outside of, in Virginia somewhere, um, west of Norfolk. And these cops, I guess the guy, rather than when they put the lights on, he drove another mile slowly with his directional on, hazards on or something. He pulled into a gas station because he was being cautious that he was getting pulled over and he wanted to be somewhere where it was there was was well lit and that he could you know yeah, he was scared like these are tough times for for black folk right now for people of color and, and they're scared whether or not you know I'm sure the vast majority of police stops are peaceful and go off without any problems but there are situations where people have died and been shot and all fucking nine yards, abused in various ways. So these cops pulled this guy over because they didn't see his plates, and he had a new new Tahoe, and I guess they couldn't. They he had these temporary plates in the window displayed properly, but they didn't see it. They said, and the one cop is fucking losing his bearing and he's like you're going to ride you're fixing to ride the lightning um, saying that he was evading him I didn't don't, didn't sound like he was evading him anyway they pepper spray the guy in the car because he, he was scared to get out said that to them he's got his camis on he's got his uniform on not so much respect they pull him out of the car. They're kicking him in the in the knees. 
then they said that if he if he reports them, then they're gonna get him in trouble, something like that. Like, I again, two sides to every story. I guess these things need to be sorted out in court. But it seems like there's a lot of these things happening. Is this bullshit? You know, is this is, is this the wrong news that I'm reading? The wrong um, source? What is what are they saying on Fox News about this? I mean, are there situations where cops have done uh, the right thing, taken the right action, and been um, acquitted of, of any charges against them, like they actually were doing the right thing? Yeah, of course. But there's obviously some problems out there right now. There's law enforcement and people of color are not... Even if some of these stories are false and they actions were justified by police they have a major public relations problem and I don't think it's something that people are making up people are frightened you know and that's a fucking bad thing man I don't get it I I, I feel that out there I don't like to I don't like that man I, I, I know people and love people of every color I you know I respect I love and respect everyone. You know, there are times when I get annoyed with people, but people are mostly good, and I hate to see some of the problems we have, glaring issues we have in humanity right now. You know, case in point, you know, this is a little, I'll end on, on this note. Uh, one of my friends, patient, comes in. He, uh, he uh, got a neighbor. It's beside the point, but he's an Indian guy. My friend is a white guy, Jewish. Are these are little labels that we apply. We all do it, you know. Um, <laughs> we all do it. Uh, everybody kind of identifies people to provide context. They said he said, he described this Indian guy, a little skinny Indian guy. He's like a mosquito. He's like very, he seems like he uh, always buzzing around, complaining about things. And there was a dispute about property lines and my buddy had stakes in the ground, and um, this guy said, well, no, that's not where they are, and my buddy then hired a surveyor to come out and determine what was going on. Uh, uh, the, the, the neighbor put a uh, plant of a sapling, and it died, so my buddy pulled it out. It wasn't on his property anyway. It was on my, my friend's property, and so uh, the guy was pissed off about that, and then, but he, he said he was okay with it, but then he salty about it, and the, the guy kept doing shit, like testing the property line and questioning it, but I guess apparently he's cheap, so he would not get his own surveyor to confirm the, the property line, but he's questioning my buddy's surveyor, and just like standard, uh, you know, things getting blown out of proportion by neighbors, you know, it's like Sometimes people are just assholes, and you need they need to cease and desist. The guy, like, the neighbor pulled his grass out, his, his ornamental grass, and, and, you know... People just... People have problems, but interpersonal issues. You know, I said to my friend, whom I love, and I, you know, obviously, I, I he was telling me his side of the story. It sounded credible and reasonable, but... Um, I said, you know what, why don't you go over there and just just say, 
you know, the little olive branch, say, hey, man, I want you to know. I'm sorry that this guy, I failed to say, my buddy called the cops on him because the guy was pulling out, surveying stakes and messing with his property, and the cops came over and said, hey, look, man, you can't do this, you know, try to keep the peace, and it sounded like the neighbor told the cops a bunch of bullshit that was not, not true. People get salty, and they get their feathers ruffled, and then they start, they once again, going back to what is real versus what is just emotion, what is um, people acting without any ignorantly behaving just because they want to win. You know, my my buddy, he got the sur- he got the fucking property line surveyed, paid money for somebody to come out and do this, who assured him that this is the property line. It's his property, you know, life, love, and the pursuit of happiness, which I've, I've been told was actually life, love, and the pursuit of property. So my fucking property, my property line, don't plant your shit on it, don't pull my, my surveying stakes out, don't make trouble for me, calls the cops on them to settle it, cops came out and said, okay, well, this is a deal. The guy still didn't want to accept it. And so, now there's going to be, like, lifelong animosity as long as these people live next to one another. you got to walk out and see somebody who, you know, really burns your britches, really <clears throat> really annoys the shit out of you because you don't agree with them on some, I mean, not trivial stuff. It's your property. It's, it's your right. But people don't want to accept it. They get butt hurt. They get mentally um, injured when it comes to uh, you know certain situations they do and then they just hold it against people till the day they die it's like Hatfield and McCoy sort of shit like who who was <laughs> I forget the circumstances of that case but can we just like get along can't we all just get along Rodney King said that right whether it's black or white or property lines or, you know, butthurt neighbors or, you know, somebody's loud or the guy's fucking chainsaw carving out there. It makes me think about me because I carve wood with a chainsaw. That's loud. Maybe obnoxious. Maybe an eyesore. Got a big wood pile there. I burn my scraps. Um, is that a hazard? Maybe. I don't know. You know. A couple of times the grass caught on fire. I put it out quickly, but, um, you know, try not to be that person. And I, I like to think that I'm the type who would always try to find, what the fuck is that? Maximum recording time. Oh my God, it's counting down. All right, I'm almost done. It's only going to allow me to fucking record. 60 minutes is my max setting. I've never really gone this far anyway. I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah, just filled with glee that I got up, got out so early. Uh, so I got a couple more minutes. Anyway, I like to think I'm the type of person who is willing to say, you know what? I'm wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. Um, can we make amends? I don't want to live like this. We're right next door. We're neighbors. 
yeah, your politics and mine don't jive. Yeah, I know that you just refuse to get vaccination and vaccinated. And I, and on some level, I'll always hold hold that against you because I think it's just stupid and uh, contrary to what the the facts are and what science says. And I think yeah, you're you know never forgive you on some level because you stood by some uh, scumbag of a guy who never should have been president and uh, you think strangely that he he actually won the election and that you know you're okay with the fact that he incited a riot at the uh, foundation of our democracy and state and the capital of our nation that we think is better than all these other nations because we say so American exceptionalism right America is the best because we say so (laughs) that is a subject that uh, that really that really chaps my ass because I think that if you're good at something, maybe you can be a little bit humble about it. I always loved, I always strived to be the type of person where if I had a talent or if I was successful at something that I, I, I wasn't a braggart. And I, I love people that are out there that despite any accolades that they have, that they they can stay humble and they can encourage other people to find their way onto the path that, you know, that God made them so successful. Um, seems like in America these days, you know, if you look at our standing in the world and based upon our response to the, to the pandemic and trade issues and foreign policy and just to look at our Look at us fighting amongst ourselves. Look at our politicians, people at the top of, of the heap in our society who are behaving terribly. I mean, not all of them. Many of them are very responsible, but corporations paying no taxes. Everybody's fucking everybody else's spouse and, and betraying the people who are closest to them. Not everybody, but enough people are that it's, a, it's something you notice. You know, we're telling people that this is what we're going to do because we're going to, you know, we can have nuclear arms, all the nuclear arms in the world and the largest standing army in the world and crazy amounts of bombs and ammunition and guns. And I'm glad that we are are the ones that have all that. But because I want to win. Yeah. If we ever came down to it. But um, nobody else can have this stuff. We're going to do it because we're America, and we can. It's how we be. It's how we behave. We're going to win because that's what we do. We are the winners. You are the loser. You don't think so? Well, yeah. look down the barrel of this fucking ballistic missile. So we need to find ways to cooperate and have humility and accomplish things without strutting around like fucking. Um, you know, overconfident assholes. You know, or we're going to be humbled, and I hate—I would hate to see that on a small and large scale. All right, I'm going to go fucking eat dinner. 
Love and respect. Happy Wednesday. Hump day. <laughs>